Destiny City, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. We've been doing a series on the favor of God for the last couple of weeks. And I was just asking the Lord, you know, what should I bring to the table this morning? And the Lord says, help people to recognize and understand what it is to walk in my favor. God wants us to be able to recognize his favor on our lives and walk in it. Understand the favor of God on our lives. And as I told you before, the Hebrew word for favor is the word Cain. And there's a scripture in Proverbs 22.1. It says, a good name is to be more desired than great riches. Favor, favor is better than silver and gold. Favor is better than silver and gold. And that word favor is, is the word Cain and it means graciousness or kindness. Unmerited favor or regard in God's sight. The word conveys a sense of acceptance or preference with God and man. See, God prefers us. He loves us. He came after us. You know, his heart is after you. His, he longs to have fellowship with you more than you long to have fellowship with him. God's desire is for us. And, you know, somebody says to us sometimes, have you ever had somebody say, well, you sure are lucky. I have people say that all the time. They look at my wife and look at me and say, you're a lucky man. I said, no, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. I am blessed. I don't believe in luck, but I do believe in the blessings of God. I believe, I believe in, in, in his favor, divine favor. And I know I got it. So if you got favor this morning, would you say, I got it? I've got, got it. That's right. So we live in the providence of God. We live in his favor. Nothing happens by happenstance or by accident. Everything that happens in our life happens for a reason. We don't understand it when it's happening. We don't understand the providence of God and, and why things happen in our lives. And sometimes we look and say, well, the favor of God's not on me. It might be on, on you, but it's not on me. No, the favor of God is still on you. I, I was standing out at the table this morning and uh, speaking to a couple of the gentlemen that were out there. But, you know, when I get up in the morning and I'm looking down and I'm not looking up, that's favor. That's God's favor when I'm standing on my feet and when I'm walking around, when I can go to my closet. That's God's favor on my life. There's so many things that God has done to show his favor. In, Proverbs, in the Psalms chapter 19 or 90, verse, verses 16, 17, it says, Let thy work appear to thy servants and thy majesty to their children. And let the favor of the Lord be upon us and do confirm for us the work of our hands. Yes, confirm the work of our hands. Confirm the work. Do you see the favor of God upon your life? Well, Jesus said it kind of like this in Mark chapter 16, verses 17 through 20. He said this, and these signs will accompany those who believed. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. They will drink any deadly poison and it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while what? While the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed them. The favor of God. 
I remember when I got back from Mexico this last time and and uh, Philip Miles called me and I guess he just wanted to kind of get a report from me. So I started telling him all the things that were that had happened in Mexico while I was down there. And he, he just stopped me. He said, Don, the favor of God's on you. The favor of God's on your life and your ministry there. Because, you know, he said, we have other people go down there and those things don't happen to them. He said, but I just see the favor of God on you. He said, it's, it's like an apostolic anointing when you go there. And it really is. I mean, it's, I'm not boasting in myself. I'm just boasting in the power of God and, and the favor of God. Because God just does some amazing things when we go. And when we, because these signs shall follow them that believe. God will confirm his favor upon your life. God confirms his favor on us all the time. If we are steadfast, if we are faithful, if we believe God, his favor will always be confirmed in our lives. Yes. So the favor of God is evident in the lives of those who dare to trust him and put their faith into action. Faith is an action word, isn't it? What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Well, that's the noun part of it. It's the evidence of things not seen, and that's the verb part of it. That's the action of faith. You know, it's, 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 it's knowing that God will accomplish the things that we, we, we ask for or the things that we're believing for. Hope is what? Y'all know what? A confident expectation. That's what hope is. Thank you. Confident expectation. We expect God to do something when we ask. We ask with confidence. For well, this is a confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petition we desire of him. It's confidence. We ask in confidence. So when you pray, listen, when you pray, believe that you have received. If not, don't bother praying. Because if we pray and we doubt when we pray, we might as well just be speaking to that wall there. Hey, wall, can you meet my needs? Can you help me? You know, it can't because it's, you know, but God responds to the, to the heart of faith and those who believe him. So when we pray, we have that confident expectation that God is going to show his favor in our direction. The reason we can ask confidently when we pray is because we're not just asking a deity somewhere. We're not just asking someone who is so impersonal, so detached from us, but we are asking our what? Our heavenly Father. And when we ask the Father, it's his good pleasure to give us the things that we ask. Jesus said, if you, know, if you being evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more will the Father give the Spirit to those who ask him? He'll give us whatever we ask. When we ask in faith, believing, and when we ask according to his will, God wants to show his favor upon us. There's several people that I've looked at in the Bible that the favor of God was so evident upon their lives. I mean, it's just full of them. And I just pulled a few examples out, just a few. I mean, we could spend all day on this thing of where God showed his favor. But Abraham, Abraham was just an amazing character because, you know, we've called him the father of faith. He was the first one that the Bible actually says that Abraham's faith caused him to be counted as righteous in the eyes of God because he believed God. He called things which were not as though they were. And that's what we have to do too is call things which were not as though they were. 
You know, we're praying, we're asking for God for things. But the thing of it is, when we pray and we ask God for something, we got to believe that it is before it will be. Does that make sense? We believe that it is before it will be. Because when we believe that it is, it is. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's heavy. I mean, I just, thank you, Lord. I don't know where that came from. It came from him. It's not even in my notes. But Abraham walked in the favor of God and God was pleased by his faith. And he was blessed in all that he put his hand to do. The thing about Abraham, you know, Abraham took his nephew Lot with him. And they, they soldiered together. And the thing was, they, they were so blessed that, that it got to where they had so many cattle, they had so many sheep, they had so many possessions that they couldn't even stay together anymore because the land couldn't even sustain the blessings of God that were upon them. Wouldn't that be so cool that, that, that God would just bless you so much that the land and the bank accounts and everything else, it just couldn't handle them? Well, you know, the Bible is very clear about that in Malachi chapter 3. It says, give, what does it say? It says, tithe, prove me with, wherewith, with what, the tithe and the offerings. And he says, when we do, see that God will do what? Open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that we won't even be able to contain. Bishop Miles preached on that one day and he says, he said, I just get this picture of God standing there with this giant handle. And when we exercise our faith in giving, and we give hilariously, we give to the Lord, you know, out of a grateful heart and out of a heart of faith. It's like God looks at this and says, oh, wow. And he just pulls the handle and the windows of heaven open up and all these blessings come pouring out. And, and David said, you know, his blessings overtake me. Just overtake us. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. You know, I love to have those benefits. That's a good thing to have. If you're going to have a fit, have a benefit. That's good. That's good. But Abraham was blessed in all that he put his hand to do by God. Joseph was another one. I, I love the story of Joseph. You know, you know, Joseph was, he was favored all of his life. You know, I, I was telling somebody the other day, you know, they, I, I'm my mother and dad's youngest son. They always called me their baby boy. You know, even when I was growing up, I was still their baby boy. You know, my mom would say, that's my baby boy. Okay. Not a baby anymore, mama. But I'm still her baby boy. But, you know, Joseph was kind of that way. Joseph was his father's favorite son because he was the firstborn of Rachel. Remember, Rachel could not have any children. And, and, and Jacob was deceived by Laban with Leah, Rachel's sister first. And so he married her first. He really didn't want to. It was a shotgun wedding. But he did. And he married her and... And then she started having these kids, just boom, boom, boom. And, you know, he worked for 14 years to get Rachel. And when he finally got his Rachel, he loved her so much, and he was so ready to have kids, and she couldn't. And so when she finally did, when God finally opened her womb, and Joseph was born, you know, Jacob was so excited that she had a son, Joseph. So he was, you know, naturally... I guess he sort of had, showed a little favoritism, not a little, maybe a lot of favoritism to Joseph. And, you know, he, bought, he made Joseph, he had him this beautiful coat made, and, and his brothers were naturally jealous of him. But God gave Joseph some dreams, and Joseph 
couldn't keep his mouth shut and went and told his brothers about it. You know, they're out in the field and they're, they're talking about Joseph. You know, they're sitting around the campfire tending their sheep. Joseph's about at home. I mean, he doesn't have to get out and tend the sheep. He's his father's favorite son. And here his brothers are out tending sheep and they see Joseph coming and say, here comes that dreamer. Here comes that Joseph. I can't stand him. You know, dad's always giving him all the good stuff. Well, whenever we have the sacrifices and, and we get to eat the sacrifices, Joseph always gets the best part. He's got that fancy coat. Who does he think he is? You know, people will look at us sometimes and they'll see the favor of God on our lives and they'll look at us the same way. Who do they think they are? You know, they'll look at us before we come to Jesus and they'll see our decrepit lives and they'll say, I want you to look at him. He don't amount to nothing. He never will amount to anything. But when the blessings of God start to come on our lives and everything, all of a sudden they'll look at us and say, who in the world do they think they are? Who are they? They'll, but that was exactly what was going on with Joseph and his, and his brothers didn't like him. Joseph had these dreams and in his dreams, his brothers bowed down to him. And now that really made them happy. They don't like him already. Now that he's had him in these dreams where they're going to bow down to him. They're like, oh, I'd like to kill it. Just who does he think he is? And then, to make matters worse, he has another dream. And in this dream, not only do his brothers bow down to him, but his mother and father as well. Well, mom and dad didn't care much for that one. But he shared it with them, and they didn't like it. Of course, they got real jealous, and so they plotted. They were going to kill him and throw him in a hole. But one of his brothers, Judah, said, don't, don't do that. Let's don't kill him. Let's at least get something out of it. Maybe we can sell him. So they hear some... Some Midianites, a caravan of Midianites were coming and, and they hear them. And so, you know, they, they work this deal out with Joseph and they sell him to him. And so they take Joseph's coat, go back home. They put some blood on it, tell his dad that, the, you know, he was killed by the animals and all that stuff. But here's Joseph and he's sold into prison. He's sold into slavery in Egypt and he's sold into slavery. So what happens? Immediately, the favor of God is on his life. He's sold into slavery. Next thing you know, he's, he's sold to a guy by the name of Potiphar who was uh, the chief bodyguard for, for Pharaoh over all of his, his, uh, his, his guards and stuff. And so this guy is a pretty wealthy guy and, and, and Joseph's character was such that, that he learned that he could trust Joseph with whatever he had and he saw the favor of God on his life and he thought, well, man, I can tap into that. So he puts, in, puts Joseph in charge over all of his business affairs and he starts prospering. I mean, his bank accounts are growing and he's getting more sheep, more cattle, more goats and all these things, you know. And he's just real excited about Joseph. But then the enemy comes in and tries to knock the legs out from under Joseph because he sees what's happening. And so not only is Joseph... Favored by God, he, he starts growing up and he grows into this really handsome young man. Potiphar's wife takes notice of that. She desires to have him. She keeps making advances to Joseph. Joseph keeps saying no. Finally, it gets to the point that she literally tries to pull him in bed with her. And he pulls out of his clothes and runs out the door naked. And she cries rape. And so he's unjustly, unjustly convicted and put in prison. You know, Potiphar doesn't like it too much. This, this kid is accused of taking advantage of his wife. So he's put into prison. And in prison, guess what happens? Favor of God's still on him. He's in prison. And the chief guard in prison puts Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners. Now, that's pretty cool, isn't it? 
I mean, the favor of God's just on this guy. And, and for 12 years, he's in that prison. And finally, you know, a couple of, uh, of Pharaoh's um, dignitaries or whatever, his attendants, one of them was a cupbearer and the other was a baker. They're thrown into prison and they have these dreams. You know, Joseph's well familiar with dreams. Dreams is what got him there in the first place. So he's familiar with dreams and, and, and you know, the, they start, one of them starts sharing their dreams with him. You know, the cupbearer's like, you know, I had this dream last night and in this dream, you know, all these things happen and and, and Joseph starts, he says, well, you know, I know somebody that can give you the interpretation of that dream. And they're like, who? And he says, my God. So Joseph prays, God gives him the interpretation for this man's dreams. And, and, uh, and the guy says, this is cool. So his interpretation was that within several days, he's going to be restored to his place as the cupbearer of the king. That's pretty good, isn't it? And because he had such a favorable uh, interpretation of his dream, the, the, the baker says, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, I had a dream too, can you, can you interpret my dream? So he interprets his dream, it didn't turn out so good for him. Three days later, he's executed, not so good, but he was right on. And he told the cupbearer, he said, look, when you're restored to your place with the king, remember me. So he goes, and, and sure enough, several days later, he's pulled out of the hole and restored to his place as the cupbearer to the king. But he's so excited about it, he forgot all about Joseph. Joseph's still in prison. For two more years, he's in prison. Think about that. Two more years. And he's wondering, man, what happened to that guy? I wonder if I missed it. They pulled him out of the hole. I wonder if they, him too, or if he really did get restored. I don't know. Well, the word got back to him. He said, well, okay, Lord, I just have to trust you. Listen, there are going to be some things sometimes in our life when, when things are spoken over us. And, and, and we know that somebody's heard from God, but it's just going to take a little bit of time because God's time schedule isn't the same as ours. And if we're just patient and waiting on the Lord, the favor of God's still on our life, and God will come through for us just as he did for this cupbearer. Well, several years later, a couple years later, the cupbearer is, is uh, you know, attending to the king, and the king is just like, you know what, I had this dream. Matter of fact, I had two of them. The weirdest things I've ever, ever, ever dreamed before in my life. And I don't know if it was that Egyptian pizza I ate or what, but man, it was, it was rough. And, and uh, he said, nobody knows what the interpretation of it is. And the cupbearer says, you know, come to think of it, there was a guy that was in prison when you had me in prison. And, and his God gave him the interpretation of a dream that I had. And and it came true. And he says, well, you think that guy's still there? He said, well, you got nowhere else to go. So they go get Joseph and they bring him in. And of course, Pharaoh tells him his dreams, you know, of the, of the, of the six or the seven sleek cows by the river Nile. And they're just out there just grazing away. And all of a sudden, these seven scrawny cows come up out of the Nile. And they're just ugly looking things. And they come over and they eat the seven fat cows, but they don't get any fatter. You know, I guess today we would have said they had a tapeworm or something. I don't know, but they just didn't get any fatter. And, and he had another dream. It was very similar to that one. You know, the, the, the stalks of wheat. And we had one great good stalk that had seven ears on it of, of wheat that were really good. And then you had another stalk that had seven bad ears. And the bad ears ate the good ears. And, of course, the interpretation of that was seven years of plenty, seven years of famine, and Joseph gave an interpretation, and it was just so right on. The king was just like, wow, wow. So what are we going to do? 
And Joseph said, well, I tell you what I would do. I would find somebody that's wise and understanding and put them in charge. And, and, and you know, during the, the seven years of plenty, then I would have them to, to store up enough food to get you through the tough times, you know. And the king says, Pharaoh's like, wow, wow, that, that sounds like a good plan. He said, I'll tell you what, since you came up with it, why don't you be the one? He says, matter of fact, he says, I will put you in charge of all of Egypt and you'll be accountable to no one but me. You'll be second in charge of all of Egypt. So everybody will be under your command. So here's Joseph. You see the favor of God on him. And during this, those seven years of plenty, everybody did what Joseph said to do. And during the seven years of famine, Joseph did, they did everything Joseph told them to do. And God preserved them through that time. God not only preserved Egypt, he preserved Joseph's family through that. He preserved a whole generation of people. The favor of God was upon him. And the reason I bring those up to you is because the favor of God is upon you. The favor of God is upon us as his children. God favors us above others because we're family. How many of y'all favor your family above everybody else? Don't lie to me. I know y'all. You favor your, I mean, I tell my wife all the time, I say, honey, we just got the most beautiful grandkids in the world. I know some of you would disagree if you got grandkids. If you got children of your own, you would totally disagree with us because we think ours, I think I got the most handsome sons in the world. I really do. And my wife would agree with me. Some of you may say, well, no, I've got the most handsome. I've got the most beautiful kids in the world. Because you favor your own, right? And God favors his own. He favors us because we are his children. His hand of favor is upon us. There's so many more that we could mention that the favor of God was upon. You know, the favor of God was upon Jesus. It says in Luke 2.39 that when Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the righteous requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. And there the child grew up healthy and strong. He was what? Filled with wisdom and the favor of God was upon him. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27 says that. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. What does that mean, Christ in you? The anointing of the Lord, Christos, Christ, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-S, Christ, Christos. Christos means anointing or anointed one. You see, Satan cannot stand the anointing. That's why he's anti-Christ. He loves religion, but he hates anointing. We can be as religious as we want to be. We can come in, we can sing hymns. We can be all liturgical and burn candles and take communion and do all of these things in a religious text. But if it's not life-giving and if we're not doing it in faith, it's of no account at all. If the anointing of God is not upon it, it has no value. When we preach... If the anointing of God is not upon it, it's just dead religious form. And Paul tells us to stay away from those who would have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. The power of God is a power that brings change into our life, that has the favor of God on it, that anoints us and gives us the ability to do the things that God has called us to do. That's what the favor of God is all about. It is the anointing of God, and the anointing of God was upon Jesus. And when Jesus had gone into the wilderness and came back from the wilderness in Luke chapter 4, and he stood before the people, he goes, 
into the synagogue and he takes the scroll and he opens it up to Isaiah 61 and he starts reading of the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has shown his favor to me. He has anointed me to preach the good news, to set them at liberty that are bruised. To set the captives free. He has, he has called me and he's anointed me to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You see, the anointing, the favor of God was upon him. And the favor of God is within you. The Christos of God is within us. And because we have that anointing in the sight of us, we have the favor of God in us. And if we have the favor of God in us, guess what? We have the favor of God on us. And the favor of God is not only on us, but the favor of God accompanies us. And God confirms his favor in us when we go and we do the work of the Lord. And these signs shall accompany them that believe. In my name, the favor of God will be on me. Demons shudder and they tremble because of the anointing that's within you. I don't know if any of you have ever been around a demon. <laughs> when I was down in Mexico and that young man comes walking up to me and he's, he's got his hands in his pockets. And this was at the end of the service. And he comes walking up and he's got this mean look in his eyes. Like, like, I dare you. And he walks up and he stands there and he kind of looks at me. Kind of like he's looking right through me. And immediately, I recognized what was going on. And I just took him by the shoulder and put my hand. I took my hand and I said, in the name of Jesus, come out. And when I did, he goes, he threw up. He hurled, I mean... <laughs> And for the next 10 or 15 minutes, we stood there and we cast demons out of this young man. Every time we did, he threw up. But demons have to bow to the name of Jesus. That demon recognized it, but that young man wanted to be free. He wanted to be free. I, I remember a good friend of mine, you know, he said he used to, my brother said he went with him one day into a Hardee's. And this guy was so full of the anointing of the Lord. When they walked into the Hardee's, this woman went out the other door screaming. She was just full of, so full of demons. Demons recognize the favor of God on us. Everything around us recognizes the favor of God on us. And some people aren't so happy about it. And I know demons aren't. But listen to this. When God's favor is on us, it doesn't mean that we won't see trouble in our lives, does it? Jesus said in John 16, he says, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives or leaves but in this world you shall have tribulation what is tribulation trouble stress eclipses it's it's all of those things that we have in our life we will have it but be of good cheer for my favors on you i've overcome the world christ in you the hope of glory god gives you the ability to show forth the glory of God in your life. It's because his favor is upon us. Psalm 34, 19 says, The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue, to the rescue each time. Jesus had a special relationship with the Father. As I said before, God's favor, he was filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was on him. And, and this relationship with the Father, God revealed that relationship twice in the scriptures in Matthew 3 17 at Jesus baptism when John baptized Jesus and the and, and the Holy Spirit appeared in the form of a dove and settled upon him there was a voice that was spoken out of heaven what did it say this is my son in whom I'm well pleased this was Jesus bar mitzvah 
This is when the father says, I am working in this son of mine, and, and he's well-pleasing to me. Well, the moment that you accept Christ into your life and the Spirit of God moves in your heart and you're born again, that's your bar mitzvah. God looks at you and he says, this is my son. I am well-pleased in this son of mine. And then in, in uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, when Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration, Remember that Jesus had gone up the mountains, the mountain on the Mount of Transfiguration. He had, had uh, Peter and John with him. And all of a sudden, Jesus changed. His appearance changed. It says he was, his clothes, his raiment became white as snow. And, and his face was glowing. And, and of course, you know, Peter and John are just standing there like I would be like. And then they hear this voice from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Wow. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And of course, Peter speaks up and says, this is good that we're here. You know, Moses shows up too and they're standing there talking and and Peter's like, this is good that we're here. Why don't we build a couple of, of tabernacles, one for you and one for Moses? And Jesus said, you don't understand anything yet, do you, Peter? And sometimes that's what we want to do with the glory and the favor of God. We want to build things. You know, we want to put up these edifices to show God's favor on our life. But I think God has another idea in mind that we would do what Jesus told us to do. Go out and cast out devils. Heal the sick. Minister the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Bring people into relationship with him. He'll take care of all the buildings and everything else that we need. We don't have to worry about that. That's where our attention should not have to be is on those things. But God wants us to show his favor in other ways. He's all about people. He's all about people. God has confirmed his word and he's affirmed his word on on us all. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6, and I love this passage of scripture. This is Paul's prayer for the church. And he says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us to be in Christ, chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace. There it is. The favor he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. God's favor is on our life. I don't know about you. That excites me. I love living and walking in the favor of God. I see his favor all the time. And it just blows me away. Does it mean I don't have some tough stretches in my life? Sure I do. We all do. We all do. But during those times, I understand that I am under, under the favor of God, that I am highly favored in his eyes because of the relationship that I have with him. Jesus knew the relationship he had with the Father, didn't he? He said, I and my Father are one. And you and I are one with the Father through Jesus Christ. His spirit lives in the, inside of us. We're one with him. And because we're one with him, the favor of God is upon us. So he's called us to preach his favor, to to preach the favorable year of the Lord, to show his glory, to preach the goodness, to set them at liberty that are bruised, to preach healing and the manifestation of the spirit of God in our lives. And, and, And 
he's given us his favor to do that. God shows us his favor in so many different ways. Number one, he shows us his, his, shows us his favor by his mercy and for the forgiveness of our sins. Lamentation says, and, and Jeremiah said that, but for the mercy of God, we would all be consumed. His mercies are new every morning. They're renewed day by day. Thank God for that. What is mercy? I told y'all last week, if you were, you were here, you, you heard it. What is mercy? Mercy is when we deserve punishment, but we don't get it. It's not get, it's, mercy is not getting what we do deserve. That's mercy. Thank God I'm not getting what I deserve. But grace, on the other hand, is God's unmerited favor toward us. It's the favor of God. It's getting what we don't deserve. We don't deserve it. And that's what God has given us. He's given us his favor. I don't deserve it. It's not on the basis of merit, not by any righteous thing that I have done that God favors me, but it's by his mercy. And by faith, for by grace you are saved through faith, not of works, not because of anything you've done, by his mercy alone, it says in, in, in Titus that we are saved. It's because of what Jesus has done, because of God's favor toward us. And he showed his favor by sending Jesus. So we're saved, and he shows us his favor in, in, by his mercy and forgiveness for our sins and by his anointing in our lives. By his anointing in our lives. Christ in you, the anointing of God inside of you that gives you the hope of glory. And number three, by all the benefits he bestows on our lives. There are benefits to serving Jesus, aren't there? Great benefits. Number one, I'm not going to hell. That's a, I call that a benefit. Yeah. But I like what it says in Psalm 103, verses 2 through 6. The New Living Translation says it this way. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget all the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. Everybody say all. There's, there, when, when God says all, he means all. He forgives all my sins. Now, when he says all my sins, that means all of my past sins, all my present sins, all my future sins. That's all encompassing. Isn't that great? That's the favor of God, isn't it? Who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He heals all my diseases. Y'all getting that yet? I think about four of you got it. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. Verse five says, he fills my life with good things. My life is renewed like the eagles. I was talking to someone the other day. He's my insurance guy. He wrote a policy for me several years ago. It was really hard to get because I was under the insurance regulations uninsurable because of hepatitis C and those kind of things. And I told him at that time, I said, man, I'm, I'm in good shape. And I told him about my testimony and, and how the Lord had healed me. Well, I guess he was waiting to seize. And that's been like, how many years that been? Five, six, eight years ago? So it's been, been a long time. So he calls me up the other day, and I'd put this thing on Facebook, a sort of a little testimony of my healing of 
you know, how my doctor had looked at my liver and, you know, he said that my liver was the prettiest liver he ever seen. I think he fell in love with my liver. <laughs> but he just couldn't believe because, you know, he, he deals with this all the time. And he's seen so many people that had what I had that were, are no longer with us. Or he's had to, you know, get a liver from somebody else and stick in them. But, you know, my liver was totally healed. And he's like, wow. So I was telling him about that. And so he calls me up the other day. He calls me. And he says, I, I need to get with you again. He says, I, I, I really believe that we can get your premium lowered by a lot. He said, I saw your testimony on, on Facebook. He said, so, that's a favor of God. That's a favor of God. And to see God do these things, you know, it's, it's like, you know, I, I want to I say this. You know, last Sunday we took up an offering for someone for, for, for some glasses. And so um, I, I took him to Walmart to, to get his glasses and his prescription had expired. So I'm like, what am I going to do? And then it's, it's like, call Sam's Club, and I'm a member at Sam's Club, so I called Sam's Club and asked them if they could uh, get him in that week. And they said, yeah, we can get him in. So they was, you know, had to wait a couple of days, but we got him in. So we go down there to get his glasses, and, and I didn't realize, but he'd been without, contact, been without glasses or contacts or anything for a long time. I just didn't realize he, he was having such a difficult time seeing. So we go down there, and uh, they take him in and take him back for the exam, so I go out and do some shopping while he's in there, you know, get a few things for the home. And also I come back and I walk back and the doctor and his assistant, the optometrist and his assistant are just gloating all over him. Just like, you know, they just can't do enough for him. And, and they, you know, the doctor said, we got to get you something for your eyes before you leave. So they gave him a pair of contact lenses and put him, put them on him before he left. Because his glasses were going to take a few days to come in. They usually take four to six weeks. He texted me yesterday. His glasses are in. That was Thursday when I took him. Thursday. To top it all off, when we got ready to pay for it, he said, I'm going to put you in the system as a juvenile. I'm going to put your age as 17. Because... We do that, we'll get the juvenile cost on your glasses. You can get them a lot cheaper. So we got his glasses and, and, and the prescription and the glasses are all were just a little bit over 200 bucks, which normally is like five or $600 for a pair of glasses and examination and everything else. So we're coming out and he's just like, Pastor, I don't understand. I said, it's just a favor of God on you. It's just a favor of God on you. And, and the little, uh, little lady that was the assistant to the optometrist, she's hugging him and telling him, you know, she says, you know, you kind of do well. God's hand is on you and all this. And I'm just like, praise the Lord. This is just a mercy of God. This is just a favor of God. We see the favor of God in so many different ways all the time. God is good all the time. And his favor is always upon us. His mercy endures forever. So we understand that. He fills my life with good things and my life is renewed like the eagles. And I could personally share with you so many testimonies of God's goodness in my life, in my family, in, in the church, just to see the favor of God on Destiny City. 
to see what God has done in just a few short years, to see that we have property and things and it's all paid for. We owe nobody anything. God is good to us. God takes care of us. And it's just amazing to see. I was talking to someone the other day and they asked me, you know, when, when I started the church and everything, they said, um, what did you do? You know, how did you, how were you able to maintain when you first started the church? I said, listen, God is faithful. We never missed a payday. Really? I said, no. God is faithful. We've never missed a beat. God is just, the grace of God and the goodness of God and the favor of the Lord is upon this church and upon this body of believers and, and upon us. We've personally seen the favor of God so many times. And, you know, and, and, and God's favor has been upon our lives as we've done ministry. I've done ministry abroad in, in Jamaica, Nicaragua, and Russia, and Mexico, and different places. And everywhere that we have gone, the favor of God has been upon our ministry. We just see it everywhere. It's just a favor of God. I'm bragging on Jesus. I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on him. I'm bragging on his faithfulness and his goodness and his mercy and his, his, his favor. You know, you are God's favored child. I guess you could say that you're his favorite. I am. I've always said it. I'm God's favorite child. You may feel like you are, but I know that I am. I'm God's favorite because he's always favoring me. Every time I turn around, the hand of the Lord is upon my life. And I just thank God because he's so good. And, and the favor of the Lord is upon you. And I just want you to understand that. And the reason that his favor is upon you is because of what Jesus did. You've been listening to Destiny City, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. For more information, visit us online at destinycity.org.